Hey, welcome back. Steve here. And today I'm talking with Suzanne Sprague. Suzanne is a former science teacher who is on a mission to help teachers help all students in science. She has created a platform called Virtual Science Teachers, which provides engaging activities for middle school teachers to use in the virtual world. So powerful. This is such a cool talk. You are going to learn so very much. Thanks for listening. And by the way, before you go, it'd be so cool if you went to my website, stevenmaletto.com, and uh, you could leave a review. Yeah by going to the reviews tab at the top or you could go take a look at uh, leaving me some feedback by looking at the little microphone that's in the far right corner at the bottom and you could actually tap that and leave me a message about uh, the types of shows you'd like me to do or something like that as well as you could go up to the top and there's a contact page where you could actually leave me some feedback that way um, there's so much more there thanks for listening and then the, I would love it if you uh, also shared the podcast with somebody else could you do that thanks so much enjoy the show it's the Education Podcast, your favorite show. With lots of groovy guests and they share what they know. So crank it up to 10 and let your neighbors know that here's another show with Dr. Steve Miletto. Teaching, learning, leading, K-12. Teaching, learning, leading, K-12. Teaching, learning, leading, K-12. Ah, ah, with Dr. Steve Miletto. Suzanne is passionate about teaching and firmly believes in the transformative power of education to unlock people's potential. She has a background teaching in-person high school physics and chemistry and online middle school science. To make her online teaching more effective and enjoyable for both herself and her students, Suzanne developed skills as an outline content creator. When COVID-19 dramatically increased the need for online resources for teachers everywhere, Suzanne used her background in science education and love for online content creation to create and share resources that could be used during distance learning. Teacher feedback and increased use of the online resources even after a return to in-class instruction made it clear that virtual science teachers was meeting a need. Suzanne realized that uh, thanks to dramatic increase in student computer use and internet access, we have a new opportunity to bring engaging interactive learning experiences into every science classroom. So Suzanne registered virtual science teachers as a 501c3 nonprofit organization and is now working with an incredible team of professionals with the mission of making science learning equitable by providing free science learning resources that teachers and students love. So today I'm talking with Suzanne Sprague, who is telling us all about virtual science teachers. Suzanne, thanks for joining me today and say hi to everyone. Hello, everyone. Thank you for having me on the show. It's great to be here. Well, glad to have you on the show. And uh, a couple of things we need to talk about. Let's, so let's start. You, have, you are a, uh, a science teacher. Where'd your interest in science come from? I love to understand why things are the way that they are. Like when I look at a tiny little seed and I think, how did that tiny little seed become a giant tree? Or even like how did when you put gasoline in your car, how does that make your car go? Uh, I had all these questions, was always very curious. And I feel like understanding the way that nature works and uh, just how the world around us works, it, it it's empowering to me. And it, it's a way, you know, studying science is a way to, to get answers to those questions. So it's just a natural curiosity for wanting to understand the world around me. That's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. Cause that's a big part of it. I mean, you know, one of the things I always loved was uh, when I was in college and doing uh, chemistry where you, you took a powder or a substance and you did these experiments okay. to try and figure out what it was. That was my favorite part of chemistry. 
Um, oh yeah, the mystery powder uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> experiment. Yes. Yes, you're always looking for something that you knew what it was. If you got green, it's possibly copper or something like that. It's like nice. Yes. And and unfortunately, I remember that one too. Yeah, the melting a, points and yeah, yeah, so it was fun. Exactly. And if if nothing else, uh, um, I also learned uh, that the problem with doing chemistry and you're supposed to learn, you're supposed to listen to the professor who tells you, do not throw the little splints that you use for lighting the Bunsen burners into the troughs. Yes, in the 1930s when the things were built, that's what you did. But we don't do that anymore because we don't know what was thrown in there. So twice I accidentally started the lab on fire. Oh, oh wow. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> just, just to make sure it's not as bad as it sounds. I mean, it didn't really, like get on fire, but, uh, right. it was enough to make the professor say, Steve, from now on, you're going to do your, your work where I'm near you. Right. You, you get, you get to work up by the teacher, huh? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You were one of those students. Yes. Yeah. I was supervised awesome. on the Saturday practices and all that good stuff. So well, it makes for a great story later on too, right? That's that funny. it does. That it does. Yes. Uh, so good stuff. I mean, so let's let's switch. We're talking about virtual science teachers. So where'd that original idea for your platform come from? Well, it's actually kind of an interesting story in that it, it really wasn't ever my intention initially to form such a, a big organization. Well, not that we're a big organization. We're pretty small right now still. But it started just as a simple desire to help uh, science teachers and students during distance learning during the pandemic. Our family was stationed in Germany. We're a military family. And so we were in Germany and we were in lockdown uh, a lot. So we couldn't do that much. And uh, I was connected to a lot of teachers through Facebook groups and whatnot. And I knew that they were thrown into the deep end. Teachers who had been teaching for 20 years or more felt like they were first year teachers again, that was so overwhelming. And I enjoyed creating content uh, for the virtual classes that I had been teaching. Uh, virtual teaching was worked for me because we moved so much. Uh, and so I shared the content that I made with the teachers uh, online and I created a website. It was just like a very basic website and put them up there. And I noticed that the teachers were using them a lot and the feedback. So I, I just kept making more and more. Yeah, that's cool. That's, you know, and, uh, one of the things that, uh, um, we have to, uh, um, say is that, you know, the, the pandemic, a lot of things happened. <laughs> so mm -hmm. not just having to deal with this virus and all kinds of stuff like that and the, and the health risks that it brought, but also the fact that suddenly we're having to figure out if we can do school differently. Right. And that's a yes. scary thing. So, I mean, how did you function on trying to learn to do things on in the virtual world? Or are we already good at it? Oh, no, there's always a learning curve. And that's a lot of like what we were talking about earlier, right? There's so many uh, opportunities to uh, grow, I guess, is the way to say that. It's uh, trying things out. And yes, that worked. No, that didn't. And uh, playing with it a lot. And I, th I think that's really what helped me be able to get where I'm now is that we had so much time on our hands. It was, everybody was at home all the time. And so for me, this just became my hobby. This is something that made me excited to wake up and start creating and play around with things. And, and so uh, it combined my love of 
of science, my love of teaching, and my love of technology into one big project. So I, I just had a great time with it. And it really did. It was great for my own mental health during the pandemic, just to have something that gave me a sense of purpose every day. Yeah, that's awesome. That's, uh, uh, you know, because that's, that was a big part of one of the things that was, you know, a lot of people got, uh, it's kind of like you were forced into like a, a really short but early retirement and you, <laughs> you couldn't deal with it. So, hey, I'm going to do something different. And and uh, out of it rose these, you know, really trying to figure out because a lot of school systems, especially, I, I don't know about where you are, but where I am, um, they were trying to uh, cross the state. Uh, we're trying to figure out how they could get instruction to the kids mm-hmm. with the idea that uh, many of them were thinking this is going to be temporary. And mm-hmm. then, and then one of the things you discovered was that I think there were a bunch of teachers who didn't really attend the training that they had had <laughs> before about using like um, Google classroom and uh, stuff like that, because suddenly oh. they're like, what do we do? And uh, it's like, well, you attended this. Well, uh, so we had to have a lot of instruction on how to get started, how to use Google Classroom and stuff like that. And it was right. It became it became a, a, a necessary thing to know how to do. Right. Not, uh, right. well, you know, this might help your teaching. This is a no, you you this is the only way you can do it. This is the only way it's going to work right now. We don't have a lot of options right now. Yeah, it's crazy. And it's you know, it's funny. I I ran into uh, I, I interviewed a, a magician he, who made his money off doing school performances uh, pretty much on the West coast of the United States. And, um, we, we talked and he was trying to redo his whole stick because he's like, uh, my audience, you know, all of a sudden that dried up. He had 300 performances mm-hmm. that just disappeared like that. And, uh, no magic pun intended. Um, and, uh, he had, uh, um, he had to figure it out. Well, it's funny cause he figured out it's like, doing a TV show or something. And, uh, yeah. and it, it was kind of interesting because I heard teachers say similar things to what he was saying, which is, you know, as a magician, you're expecting to do something. And then the audience goes, Ooh, ah, Hey, mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. you know, teachers, it's a similar thing. You know, you're working with them, you're talking to them, you got them doing different stuff. And if you hear nothing. <laughs> oh yes, I know. It's so true. When you're teaching to a group on zoom or in any other line, online platform and it's just quiet and it feels like you're just talking to a wall, you don't get that energy back from the students like you usually would. Right. You, it's a whole different game. <laughs> it really would be because I, I know, cause I kind of live for that part as a teacher is like, uh, you know, if, if you got this give and take and it makes you, you know, mm-hmm. even if you're tired and exhausted, you can really use that energy to re- revitalize yourself. And, and, uh, but when it's, you know, Hey, welcome to Steve's TV show. And today we're going to talk about, hello, are you there? You know, or yeah, right. Anybody, <laughs> anybody? <laughs> yes. Yes. Especially when they turned off their cameras. Um, because a lot of times you're looking for the facial expressions either like something like, are you guys paying attention? Are you awake? Are we, am I boring you? Uh, yeah, that's, and that's really actually, uh, what made me make the resources that I did, I wanted them to be fun and engaging. I wanted the students to look at them and be like, oh, I wasn't surprised expecting this. I, I was, you know, expecting something, you know, maybe less engaging, but the resources that I created, uh, they are designed to actually include the students and they would have to, you know, take turns or uh, a lot of times I would have 
if I was teaching virtually, I would have them show me with their fingers, you know, do you think the uh, answer is one, two, or three, you know, which, which are the options, uh, way, finding ways to keep them involved in the, the lesson. So it's not just them listening to me. Nobody wants to just sit and listen to the teacher for a whole hour. Um, that's no matter how entertaining they might be. You know, it's funny because it's, it's even, you really have to know what you're doing and have things to engage them um, mm -hmm. as a classroom teacher. But then once you get in the virtual world, you better too, because they can do something unique, which is turn you off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's easier to check out. Yes. yes yeah. you know. I, think that, I think that happened quite a bit. Uh, and I think that was very tough for teachers because they're learning a new technology. They're taking all of the resources that were available in the classroom and figuring out how to uh, digitize them and replacing things that they would usually do hands-on activities. You know, science is really tough because what's awesome about science is that it involves a lot of hands-on activities usually. And, you know, how, as a science teacher, how do you you know, how do you make science learning engaging over the internet uh, with your students? That's, that's tougher. That was, and, and, and we really didn't have those resources available at the time. We've come a long ways since then. Uh, but at the, when, at the, especially at the beginning of the pandemic, that was, that was really tough on the teachers. Oh, it was, especially if you were, I cannot, I can't imagine what it was like to have, if you were a teacher and a parent and then mm -hmm. not only a parent of one child, <laughs> but two yes. children or more and different ages so that they would have to do different stuff at different times. And you're going, how am I supposed to teach online and deal with them trying to, yeah, there, there were some yeah, serious was, stresses. <laughs> yes. Extremely overwhelming. I think that's just the word is it was very overwhelming. So much so. That's yeah. Thankfully everybody's back in class now. And uh, now we can use these, uh, Chromebooks and iPads and uh, other technology as a tool to uh, add additional learning experiences, but it's not the only way that students can engage with their teacher and their science content. It, you're so right. It's cool. Uh, it, it's cool that we've kind of, we've now had this learning by fire, <laughs> trial by fire type thing. Yeah. And, uh, but now I think it's, you know, we've learned a lot out of it so that we can put it to use, which is what I'm guessing is part of your audience. So, uh, mm -hmm. uh, so let's talk about uh, this before I get into a little more serious part of it. I love the cool penguin. All right. <laughs> I mean, he's throughout the website. Um, any particular reason for the penguin as part of your branding? I mean, was there something you just liked about him or is there some message you're sending us about the penguin or what that we don't know? <laughs> no, I love this question though. Uh, yes. My, the, there is a story behind the penguin. Um, actually, when we were in Germany, uh, we lived in this little apartment complex and uh, we started uh, a robotics club uh, with the kids in, in the, who lived in our apartment complex. And as for as long as we were allowed to meet and then uh, restrictions made it so that we weren't allowed to meet, but the, they called themselves the robo penguins. And my daughter made the logo and it's what you see now without the little VST in the middle, but it was just a little robe, a little penguin with a little antenna sticking out of his head. Uh, and so it was a robo penguins, but I liked it so much that I stole it. Nice. Nice. And it's good to know that, uh, um, as an adult, you have not gone beyond the possibility of taking care of. <laughs> oh. Yeah. 
<laughs> I am very happy, my daughter, that you have done this. And now we're going to use this. So she's got to be happy that you've done that. Oh, you know, I have to just brag on her for a bit. And both of my kids, uh, they have helped me so much with all of the virtual science teachers, uh, interactives and, and website. I test things on them. They give me ideas. My daughter's written a lot of the code. She's 16 now. She's written a lot of the code for some of the games that are on there. Um, they are part of it for sure. And I it wouldn't be what it is today without, without the kids for sure. They've been very supportive. That's awesome to know that they're that involved in what uh, you're doing. So that's cool. That's very yeah. cool. Nice. Well, I'm glad to hear there's a story behind the penguin. Cause I thought it was cool. <laughs> the, the, so good stuff. So, all right. So, who is virtual science teachers for? I mean, who's your target audience? Right now, the target audience is uh, middle school teachers and students, and, and parents are absolutely welcome to to come check it out and work uh, on it with their, their kids as well. But I, I reach out to middle school teachers uh, who use it with their students. And really, truly, the reason that virtual science teachers uh, that I filed it as a nonprofit organization is that I saw an opportunity with this boom in technology use in schools. Like now pretty much all schools, the students have in middle schools and high schools, the students have their own Chromebooks or other computers. And um, so even the schools that generally don't have as many resources and uh, there's a you know, some teacher shortage issues going on that are usually or often affecting uh, schools unequally. There are certain schools that have, uh, they have uh, a harder time getting the experienced teachers and they have more teacher shortages. Those schools, I think about them as I'm creating the resources and then I'm like, okay, well, you know, sometimes they have to, uh, have teachers who aren't quite certified yet teaching classes and they those teachers need extra support so i really think about those teachers and those students and those schools as as we reach out and we try to you know meet needs in in science classrooms so but they're mostly the resources are mostly directed at middle school level uh, lots of high school teachers use them as well and uh, eventually the plan is to to have resources for all k-12 through science uh, standards well, that's excellent I, I know and it's it's cool what you have there i mean because my my next question i'm getting ready to go into some specifics about it but uh you know i'll just skip way ahead to something else it sounds like you know, one of the things I was going to ask you is, uh, um, you know, if you have a thoughts about where you're growing your programs and stuff like that. So you want to talk about that for a minute? Yeah, sure. That's that's really at the, the heart of what I want to do is I want the vision for our organization is to be the go to provider of online resources for for teachers, for students, for parents, non-traditional learning environments. Uh, we just want people, anyone who wants to learn science or help their student learn science be able to come to the virtual science teachers website and find not just resources that provide information, but resources that engage the students, that use uh, scaffolding and challenges and uh, fun activities that, that the students enjoy 
and helps any student, no matter where they're at, meets them where they're at, uh, go from maybe having no understanding or little understanding of a science concept to growing in their understanding of more complex ideas. Um, but it's just, uh, that's that's the vision, is just being the go-to resource for so- online science resources that are, are engaging. Very cool. Yeah, it's awesome. And it's, it's, you got school, cool stuff there. So um, let's talk about this. I mean, you have quite a few resources, sections that address earth science, life science, physical science, virtual labs, and bell ringers. Before we go to virtual labs and bell ringers, let's talk about those science places. I've gone in there and I've, um, you know, hunted around (laughs) and opened things and looked at it. And, and it's really cool. Just a note, uh, you know, I was at the time I was becoming a brand new teacher. If I, if, my wife and I had stayed in Florida. I probably would have become a, a middle school science teacher. Um, or I could have, you know, because I was doing history 6 through 12, or I was doing uh, middle school science, and that, that was one of my f- favorites. And I was getting dual certified, that type of thing. And Oh, wow. And uh, Oh, yeah, I was <laughs> yeah. all excited about it. And uh, her master's was calling her, and I told her, well, just go wherever you get accepted, and and uh, I'll, I'm sure they need teachers there. So. One of the places was in North Carolina, and so I got certified there to do both. And then I go to, and then we end up at Georgia because Georgia Tech offers money, and we go to Georgia Tech, and we go to Georgia, and I find out that I need two more classes if I'm going to get wow. certified in middle school science. So I stuck with history. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> and, <laughs> so it's this They're close. Both very important. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but it was, you know, it's. It was neat because I'm so I'm fooling around in there looking at your different uh, the different tabs and such. Um, so let's talk about uh, these resources. I mean, tell everybody what's found in those science tabs. Well, there's a variety of resources. Like you said, uh, the idea is that they're active learning resources. Active learning resources uh, are resources that engage the students in in learning, participating in the lesson. Uh, It's a little, it's more than just showing them a video or uh, even just having them read a text. It's, it's, they have to participate throughout the lesson. Uh, So some of the interactives are present, they're interactive presentations really. So for example, photosynthesis, the interactive starts by asking the student to, to click on the or select the uh, object that are the source of all energy for life on Earth or the, the source of energy for life on Earth. And the idea is that the student has to read what is requested of them, look at the picture and then select the sun. And then it moves on to, you know, and that starts very basic. They can figure that out pretty quickly, but they have to read every page and do what it says in order to progress through the presentation and get to the end where they can sign their name and take a screenshot of it and send it to their teacher and say, I did it. Uh, but every step of the way, it builds on the concept a little bit more and it in, they include little challenges where uh, eventually in the photosynthesis interactive, it has the, the chemical reactions that take place and they have to arrange the, the different parts and identify you know what is needed for photosynthesis and what is produced during photosynthesis. Um, and, and by the end of it, uh, they should have a much more... Um, I don't know, developed understanding of the photosynthesis process. That's just one example. That's that's what I would call an interactive presentation. But we also have some that are like storylines that are kind of like escape rooms. 
the the student is a participant in the sense that they're including in the storyline the interactive for the states of matter it's called my science teacher's house is not haunted <laughs> yeah and it the idea of it it has a, like a thunder in the background and it looks kind of spooky teachers love this is the most popular interactive by the way uh and they the teachers use it around halloween time and the storyline is that the student kicks a soccer ball into their teacher's house and their teacher says, I will only give you your soccer ball back if you can make it through my haunted house. And the teacher uses all kinds of little tricks using states of matter to try to scare the student. But the student says, you don't scare me. This is I know my science. I can get through this. No problem. And so it just goes through and has all kinds of little questions and things that the students can do to, to demonstrate understanding and learn about the states of matter and the changing of states of matter. Uh, so that's, that's an example of uh, maybe one of the escape rooms. And then there's simulations and uh, all kinds of different activities that are meant to just really engage the students in different kinds of ways. Oh, I love it. That's awesome. I, especially, uh, um, you know, where you, you know, you're, you're challenged like that to try and figure out how to do or solve or move forward in mm-hmm. whatever the activity is. That's good stuff. So, uh, so I want to make sure I clarify something. So what's cool here is that these are resources for the teachers to use with students, right? So if I'm a middle school teacher, a science teacher, then I could send the kids to, or is that how it works? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they're web pages. Uh, they're, you just send the, the teachers just send the students the link and the teachers use them in a variety of ways. Uh, sometimes teachers will go through them as a class. They have these awesome smart boards in classrooms now, these giant, you know, TV type things. And so they can have the student, they can go through it as a class. I know lots of teachers love doing that. And they get the students to come up and, you know, take turns, you know, controlling what happens next. Uh, Or a lot of times, I think more often than not, teachers will send their students a link and then they might work on them in groups or they'll work on them individually uh, during class. And what I what I really love about this when I hear from teachers about how they use it in this way is that it provides that opportunity for teachers to work with students one on one. The students are all independently learning. They're going through the interactives, but then the teacher can go around and ask students questions. And you know from your teaching too, like those relationships and being able to work with those students one-on-one, that's priceless. And that's what this does is it gives that chance that, okay, everybody's doing something productive and they're engaged. Okay, so now this child right here, I know is struggling. Uh, so, you know, I can come over there and, and help them a little bit while the, all the other kids are working. That's so cool. That's, uh, you know, it, uh, uh, what I like about this is that it, it actually acts as a, um, you know, the, the teacher has some other opportunities to work with the kids without having to sweat the, the, you know, the little stuff here because you've created this for them and, and they go in there and get, get the, kids working on this and get the input that they need from it. So I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I'd also like to add too, is that they're, they're ready to go. Like they're this, this, the teachers are so busy. I, I wonder if the average person 
realize how busy teachers are. Now, you know, from your teaching experience, right? How much time did you spend in the evenings grading papers and lesson planning and writing emails back to parents? What would you say? I don't know how I'd estimate it, but I was also, just as a side note, um, depending on what part of my teaching that you're talking to me at, I was also Mm -hmm. goalie coach for the soccer team, um, which I did boys and girls. And then I was also yearbook sponsor. And, uh, wow. and, at, and at another school, I was the theater sponsor. <laughs> so, um, wow. yeah. So, th- so you were busy. You, your time was very precious. <laughs> yes. Right? So with those grades and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I was up usually pretty late at night. <laughs> so I, I can't even venture to say how much time, but each of those activities, when I was doing them, they, they all weren't at the same time. They were over a period of years at different times in my life. Um, the only things that happened together was yearbook and soccer, but, uh, but the, uh, it was like, that took time. <laughs> right. Yeah. If you, if you have anything extra that you do beyond, and then, you know, many teachers have their own kids and a life outside of teaching that, that? they <laughs> would like to attend to. Uh, and so teachers time is super precious and that is definitely on my mind and I want to make things that are easy for them to assign. And a lot of the resources on the website actually include additional resources that are include Google forms and worksheets that are all ready to go and saving the teachers that precious time so that they can use it for grading, lesson planning, or all the other things that are in life. Well, that's awesome. Cause that's, you know, because you really hit the nail on the head. What a teacher's looking for is they need a way to help them find time somehow. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, I would, could see how your resources would do that. I mean, especially if you've got this, like this lab or you've got these uh, engaging activities in which you give them. And so then they can focus on whatever else it is that they need to focus on at the time. Um, good stuff, especially like you have this tab called Bell Ringers. So can, <laughs> can you talk about uh, why you included the, the Bell Ringers? Yeah, so the bell ringers are a work in progress right now, but I have uh, a lot of uh, earth science bell ringers available and we're working on life science right now. The idea behind the bell ringers are that they provide a thought provoking question that the students can answer uh, in their science notebooks when they walk into the classroom. While you're doing all those things as a teacher that you have to do, you have to take attendance and uh, this student needs to go to the bathroom or all those little things that you you know, the beginning, the first five minutes of class are, are usually, uh, there's quite a bit going on, but the students can come in, get settled and have on their beautiful smart board, uh, a, a beautiful graphic that shows some kind of natural phenomena or some kind of really uh, interesting science in action uh, image and uh, a question that is presented to them. And it's not going to be a, a short answer question. It's something that they have to actually put some thought into like for for example there's one question that has a, a graphic or a, a yeah an artist's rendition of what the galaxy would look like uh if you were able to you know get beyond the galaxy and take a picture and then the question is you know why why can't we take a picture why does this have to be an artist's rendering of our galaxy as opposed to a picture from outside our galaxy you know so the students have to really talk about it and uh, what I'm including underneath all of the bell ringer questions are uh, 
possible misconceptions, common misconceptions that students might have about that particular topic. And then I'm looking for additional resources that teachers can use uh, with that that question. But uh, addressing misconceptions is a huge part of science teaching. You know, our students come in with all kinds of ideas. And a lot of times, uh, you know, it's hard to address those ideas the misconceptions, uh, unless you you really identify them and then replace it with something different, uh, and so that that's really the goal. Uh, but I, I have a lot of I have a lot of work to do with the bell ringers. I want to add many, many, many more. Well, it's awesome because what a cool thing to think about, though, because that's something that I know teachers are always looking for different ideas about how to do um, something at the beginning of class that um, will have something to do with what they're teaching for the day. Um, but get them started right at the uh, at the beginning. Come in and uh, and so have you provide them where they could kind of go in there, pick and choose some things. That's all. That's terrific. <laughs> good stuff. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. The, the the thing is that we don't need every teacher reinventing the wheel, right? Right. right. That's you want to be able to like one person or a group of people put a lot of thought into making something that's really high quality, and then lots and lots and lots of people can use that. That's the power of the internet, right? <laughs> you got that right. That is something that if I could only if I could go back in time and take something with me between YouTube and now it has to be able to work too, by the way, but if I could take <laughs> yeah. YouTube and parts of the internet that allow me to do quick research, yes. <laughs> that, uh, you know, it's, yes. it's, it would be so much that, that was that just powerful tools right there. So, you know, one of the, one of the other tabs that you have there is the virtual labs tool. And, you mm-hmm. know, where's, what is science going to be without a lab and all sciences you know, they mm-hmm. got to have some lab component because if they don't, oh, that wouldn't be as, as exciting. Talk about your virtual labs tab. Uh, okay. Yeah. So the, one of the, the first interactive for the labs is that uh, safety rules interactive and there's 30 safety rules. And I remember when I was teaching science that lab safety day was nobody's favorite day. You have to do <laughs> lab safety day. It's important. And it's important that the students really understand all of the safety rules, but it's not generally a fun topic to teach and it's not a fun topic to learn. Uh, but the the safety lab interactive, it, it's kind of a fun, silly way, uh, but also serious because safety is serious. Uh, it, it, it covers all of the rules. It'll have uh, pictures of the students you know, like which student, which of these students is uh, following this rule? And you'll have one student who's like standing upside down on the lab table and, you know, like doing things they're not supposed to do. And they're like, oh, but that student is behaving properly. Uh, and and it goes through each of the rules. And then uh, there's a crossword that goes with it that the students have to use the interactive to help make sure that they really understand the rules and then a lab safety contract. So any teachers listening, uh, science teachers listening, that I really encourage you to, to go check that out because that'll help make that that beginning of the school year uh, lab safety day a little bit more fun and engaging and probably uh, force the students to actually pay attention a bit more to the lab safety rules uh, as they're going through it. Now, the other, the other interactives uh, that are, are virtual labs, like one of them is uh, 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 it's called the virtual heating ice lab and it walks the stu- students through uh, taking measurements and recording their data and then graphing their data of 
the temperature of ice as it's heated and then eventually boils. And then the students, uh, after they graph the data, they have to answer questions about the data that they graphed, uh, so analyzing data, and and then there's there's other there's simulations. There's one called Candy Shop where the students have to uh, measure the mass and density of different candies, and uh, the the simulation allows them to uh, use a digital uh, you know virtual digital scale and use water displacement or length width and height to measure the volume and then calculate density and then compare. And then the challenge is to compare the different densities and answer questions. And um, uh, so that's the virtual labs is, is uh, definitely a great way to simulate what it might be like in the lab. If you can't do hands-on activity, it's great for preparation for a lab. And it's also what I've found or heard from teachers is uh, it, is when a student is absent during lab day, uh, you know, what do you do? Do you do you stay after school and you know have wait for that student to complete the lab? Or sometimes it's all nice to have like, okay, well, you weren't here for the lab, but we have this other resource for you to to go through this in, in replacement of it. So, yeah, I love that. You know, it's it's hey, and just as a note, yes, it's kind of like. If you want to drive a science teacher nuts, be absent on the day when some massive lab that has to be set up <laughs> is set up and you miss it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And you expect to just be able to make it up. And it's like, yeah, well, let's talk about that. <laughs> so Yeah. So. Yeah. Labs are a lot of work for science teachers. Any parents out there listening, if you're, yeah, that, that's a, your science teachers, that's, labs are a lot of work getting ready for getting all the resources ready. And then during the lab, it's a lot of work. You got to make sure all the kids are doing what they're supposed to do and not doing anything dangerous. And then the uh, cleanup and the grading of the lab reports, it's, it's, Lab day is a lot. It involves a lot for teachers. That it does. That it does. Uh, it, well, awesome stuff. I mean, you have all this cool stuff. And one of the things that you reference um, in virtual science teachers in the platform is that you talk about your team. And I was wondering mm -hmm. if you could talk about where your team comes from. Oh, I'm so glad you asked that. Yes. So I have an amazing board of directors. Uh, this it's a, a group of professionals with. Uh, extensive experience in, in education, education technology, product development, governance, which is really important for a nonprofit organization and finance. We have a CPA. And uh, so when I filed virtual science teachers as a nonprofit organization, I, I actually just used LinkedIn to reach out to anybody who might be interested in serving on my board. And I had tremendous response. It was very exciting to me because I, I didn't know what I was going to, what kind of response I was going to get. Uh, right now, it's just, just me with this, this website that, and this idea that I wanted to make happen, but really not a hundred percent sure how to make that. There's a lot to learn. And, and so I started with finding a board. And so I ended up with eight people and uh, they all 
not only had incredible experience that is very useful to us growing, but they all have a passion for equitable science learning for everybody. Uh, that was just something that I was looking for in each of the people that I asked to, to come on and be part of the team. And, and all of them just really cared about this, this particular uh, area. And uh, so we meet every month and it's, it's awesome. They are so uh, supportive and encouraging and provide a lot of, a lot of help. I was just in a meeting with with one of them uh, a little bit ago, and he was helping me figure out uh, some Google Ads stuff that I I don't know anything about, but he's helping me, <laughs> and it's great. That is awesome. Very cool. Well, thanks for talking about that. It's cool. And if you go to the website, listeners, you can you can see she has the the different uh, board members listed there, and uh, you see their pictures and so forth, which is really cool. So um, nice stuff. I so. With all this being said, I mean, you've got, uh, you've told us a little bit about your plans and adding more here and more there. What's one big thing that you really want to make sure you take care of? I mean, like if you could, if this was your, you know, like a Christmas wish list or like this, your birthday wish list or something like this, that if I could take care of this tomorrow, what would that one thing be that you want to get done first? Well, I, the, the ultimate goal is to have incredibly engaging and effective resources for all K through 12 science standards and have them have it easy for teachers to to find the standard or the the resources according to their state standards or if they use the national standards that at the end of the day that's that's really what I'm looking for is is to have all the resources so that any day uh, a teacher can say, okay, we're going to do a, a virtual science teachers interactive today. That's all we're doing. Um, and they can know that they can find a, a valuable resource there. Awesome. Love it. And, uh, you know, Suzanne, before we close, if someone wanted to connect and find out more, where would you send them? Well, the virtual science teachers.org uh, website has a contact tab and it has uh, my email. So it's you could do admin at virtual science teachers.com or you can uh, email me at virt- uh, Suzanne at virtual science teachers.com and I will respond promptly. Excellent. I'll put that in my show notes so that uh, people can find it very easily and hopefully reach right out to you. So good stuff. Uh, you know, so I have two more questions to ask you, and they're just questions I like to ask my guests. And the, and the first one goes like this. How do you keep going when so much is going on that you may want to quit? That's a great question. <laughs> uh, um, I wouldn't be uh, being honest if I didn't say there's some days I'm like, oh, my goodness, what have I done? Uh, but uh, those are short moments that don't last very long. It, but I'll tell you that the number one thing that really keeps me going is feedback from the teachers uh, that when I get those emails that come in and uh, I know that what our, our resources have helped them, uh, that just that can motivate me for you know quite a, quite a while. Um, and then my board of directors, they really are just so encouraging and uh, helpful to me. And so I really, because they are all sacrificing their time and energy and, and experiences and helping me that I want to, I want to, you know, be a great team member back to them. And then finally my family, uh, they, 
you know, my family's just been incredible. So uh, I have the most supportive husband and kids uh, anyone could ask for. So I, I want them to be proud of me and, and I appreciate their sacrifices. And so yeah, I keep working hard. That's awesome. I love it. Uh, last question. Do you have a teacher in your past who made a difference in your life? If so, who was it? And what would you say if given the chance to say thank you? Well, I have written Mr. Steinmetz and uh, let him know that, yes, he was my ninth grade biology teacher. And uh, I was I was one of those kids who goofed off. I did not pay attention. <laughs> so he probably looked at me like, what? She became a science teacher? Uh, but no, he, he was one of those science teachers, one of those teachers that not only was just a, an effective teacher, but also clearly cared about his students. And uh, I just remember that he, he was just supportive of his students in every way he could be. And I really appreciated that. That is so awesome. I love it. And it's, it's so cool when um, we have those people that we can name that uh, had some mm -hmm. impact like that. So good stuff. Uh, Suzanne, it was great talking with you. I mean, virtual science teachers is an awesome resource for everyone. Um, thanks so much for sharing and wishing the best in all you do. Yes. Thank you for having me. This has been a lot of fun. Hey, you have been listening to Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, a podcast to help you help kids achieve their dreams. Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 is a member of the podcast network based in Canada called Voice Ed Radio. Voice Ed Radio, your voice is right here. The opinions expressed on Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 are those of the guests and hosts. Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 is intended to share ideas, advice, and suggestions. Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 is produced for educational purposes. Hey, thanks for listening. It would be awesome if you visited my website at stephenmaletto.com and connected with me, left a review, and listened to more episodes. And by the way, you could also share it with your friends, with your family, and uh, your colleagues. Thanks so much. You're awesome.